You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello and welcome. I am Roger B. You're listening to America's Web Radio, and this is the show Locked and Loaded, where we discuss things about guns, about firearms, about weapons. Well, we also discuss politics, about guns, about weapons, and firearms. And we discuss accessories for guns, weapons, and firearms. Bullets, bullets, and more bullets. That's right. Those would be accessories, or that's food for your freedom shooters. <laughs> Speaking of food for your freedom shooters, California last week passed a law saying you had to have an ID just to purchase ammunition. And you had to have a permit and uh, pay a fee for a background check just to buy ammunition. And you might be wondering, why on earth would this be something you'd want to do? Well, because California doesn't want anybody to have any bullets to feed their guns. So, in fact, they don't even want you to carry any guns. And to get a concealed carry permit in California, you have to show a justifiable need. Imagine that. Imagine if you had to show a justifiable need in order to vote in an election. They say voting is a right, and yet... Having a gun is a right, but yet you have to show a justifiable need to carry one with you? That seems yeah, ridiculous. I just got to chime in for a second. Go for it. You know, gun ownership <laughs> is actually a right, a specifically spelled out right. Voting itself, the act of voting, is not nowhere in the Constitution. Right. There's no right to vote. Against, yeah, you right. cannot distinguish. You, you cannot discriminate against who votes if you have an election, but you don't. There's right. no guaranteed right to vote in an on election, a federal, federal election. Yeah, on the federal level, nowhere in the United States Constitution is there a right to vote. So what? You know that makes okay. So you have no right to vote. Which is fine, but they're claiming everybody should have the right to vote. Illegals, legals, mm -hmm. you know, people without ID are allowed to vote. Even though it's not listed in the Constitution anywhere that you have this right. However, the Second Amendment, which is clearly spelled out in the Constitution, just in case you don't know, the last part of it is, the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Meaning, it, don't get in the way of it. Don't stop people from doing it. And that's exactly what California has done. They're getting in the way of people exercising their right. You know, the Second Amendment is one of the shortest, most concise amendments or, or even – let's just go with the Bill of Rights. I mean it, it is very, very easily spelled out. I mean you can't confuse it. Yeah, uh, you wouldn't think so. But yet, liberals find a way to twist everything to fit their agenda, let's say. So, you know, it's hard. To, but anyway, so California, in all its wisdom, has now allowed illegals to vote in local elections, at least. And, you know, I imagine they probably won't stop at local elections. They'll probably let people vote in all the federal elections as well. But that's California for you. But now they have decided you need to show ID and pay for a background check in order to purchase ammunition. And last week they had just instituted this and there was no information on what they were going to require, how they were going to do it. So now they finally come out with a little bit of information. <clears throat> it's funny that they refuse to require an ID to vote, but yet you have to have this. So actually anybody who must who wants to buy ammo in California must be 21 years of age. So that means federally you can buy a rifle or shotgun, but in California you'd never be able to buy ammo for it. And they have to pay a dollar for a background check, anybody who buys any ammo. Now you can buy any quantity of ammo when you pay the one dollar. But what I'm concerned about is how long is this going to be at a dollar? When is it going to be five dollars, ten dollars, fifty dollars? And they start limiting how much you can buy. Now, this is only if you have a gun registered in the state, you pay your dollar. If you don't have a gun registered in the state, then you pay $19 for an eligibility check, meaning <clears throat> they have to decide whether or not you're eligible to even buy ammunition. Now, it also requires that all ammunition sales go through licensed dealers, and nobody from out of state will be allowed to buy ammo in California. And you're not allowed to bring any ammo in from out of state. 
Now imagine this. You have a sponsored event, a shooting event. You want people to come from all over the country and compete in this event. Okay, these people are not allowed to bring their own ammo with them, and they're not allowed to buy ammo in California. How on earth are you going to have a shooting event with no bullets? We're going to throw rocks at targets. <laughs> I guess. Uh, slingshots. Right. In a shooting event, you're, so everyone from California will be able to use their guns. Anyone from out of state will have to use something else. So it's rigged. Of course it is. It's rigged by California. California is meddling in legitimate gun shooting contest. Or even hunting. You can buy a hunting license to hunt things in California, but you can't bring any ammo into the state and you can't buy any in the state. I don't know how they expect I, you to hunt anything. <laughs> the whole thing is just rigged. I, I mean, are we, are we sure that the Russians didn't meddle in this California decision? Well, you know, it's funny about the Russian meddling. They decided that, oh, the Russians are meddling. We don't want foreign interference in our elections, but we're going to let millions of illegal aliens from other countries vote in our elections. How does that make any sense? It doesn't make sense, which most of the time the left doesn't make sense, but that's a whole other show. I know. <laughs> But it's crazy. So basically, California has just eliminated anybody from out of state doing any shooting unless, of course, somebody else buys you ammo and gives it to you because you're not allowed to sell it to anybody else. And, you know, I guess so you could give somebody money and then they could buy it for you. Maybe. I don't know. You could be breaking the law there. There's no telling. It's really difficult to tell. But in any case, California, again, making it harder and harder to have any kind of guns or ammo. And now, no shooting events, no hunting, because you won't be able to buy ammo within the state if you're not a citizen of the state. So an out-of-state hunting license would be fairly useless, I would imagine. But then again, you know, they, they think this is logical, that law-abiding citizens have their rights restricted. I just don't get it. But, you know... I don't know how Californians can sleep at night knowing this is going on. Or maybe they just don't care. They just don't care. So, I don't know. All this bad news is just flowing like like water out of the left coast. Now, here's one that was started off as a great story. There was an Alabama Ford dealership. I'm sure a lot of people heard this. That was giving away certificates for a shotgun as well as giving you a flag and a Bible when you buy a new truck from them. I mean, that's about, as, that, that's about as American as you can get. Give somebody a Bible, a flag, and a shotgun with the purchase of every new truck. That goes together like, you know, baseball, apple pie, and shotguns. Hey, maybe they should give away apple pies and shotguns together. Anyway, I digress. So anyway, the Ford dealership, Chatham Ford in Alabama, said they were running a promotion, celebrating the country's independence by giving away the shotgun and the flag and the Bible with every new truck sold. Now, this is just American. Now, of course, they aren't just handing you a shotgun with the keys to your truck because you have to go through a dealer. You have to fill out the forms, the 4473s, get the background check before they'll just hand you a shotgun. They're not just throwing it in the back of the truck when you drive off the lot. You're following all federal laws and federal regulations to get this done. So there's nothing, there's nothing illegal here. There's nothing trying to evade any kind of, you know, background checks or keeping everybody above board and legit, you know. But anyway, so this was great. This promotion was running for a couple of weeks. And, of course, I'm sure liberals complained to somebody or somebody made a, an issue about it. And now Ford has said they would like them to stop doing that. Ford has pulled the the plug on this particular promotion. Now, we don't know if they said it's against policy or they weren't allowed to, or maybe they just came out and said, hey, guys, can you stop this? We're catching a lot of flack for this. We don't know exactly how strongly they told them not to do it. But if you're a Ford dealer, I guess you want to make sure you keep your your way of making a living you know, secure, and you don't want to ruin the hand that feeds you by going against their wishes. So... So, Ford, thanks for shutting down the shotgun, Bible, and flag with every new truck purchase. Well, I guess you can still get the flag and the Bible, but the shotgun just made it all that much more exciting to me, at least. Imagine getting a shotgun every time you buy a new car. That's awesome. That's that's pretty American. And now you're thinking, why would anyone need a shotgun with a truck? Well, you know, everyone needs a shotgun, a rifle, a pistol, and anything else you can get your hands on, especially now. Because the latest news, I, the story now is that 
the Antifa members, what is it, Anti-FA, which I think stands for Anti-First Amendment, because they shut down anybody who has a problem with what they're saying or what they think is right. So the Antifas are now calling for their members to start buying firearms and training themselves in the use of it. And I was going, they were already a problem. They were already violent. They were beating people. They were threatening people. I mean, they were doing everything a fascist could possibly do. They were acting just like Hitler's brown shirts before World War II. And they claimed to be anti-fascist. And it's crazy because there's nothing more fascist than what they are doing. In fact, there was somebody, I can't remember who it was, said that the only way fascism will come to America is under the guise of anti-fascism. And here it is. It's here. It's arrived. And now, instead of keeping on the liberal side of things and staying away from guns, now they're deciding they want to get into the guns. They want to start training. They want to start buying weapons. Now, I'm wondering, if they're willing to beat people in the streets and throw things at people, are they going to be willing to use these guns against any citizens they feel are spouting what they define as hate speech, which is anything apparently pro-president in this particular case? They, they think there is nothing that is too far as, as far – there's nothing going too far to help remove the president, which they don't like. So – but, Jerry, we're going to come back and get this for another minute right now. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. And I am Roger B. Quick Stakes. That's Q-U-I-K Stakes. Are not just for surveyors. They are great for family and community gardens. Go online to www.quickstake.com or contact your local land surveying supply dealer and get you a box of Quick Stakes. You'll love them every year when you plant your garden. Again, that's Quick Stakes, Q-U-I-K Stakes, the truly preferred way to stake and identify what's in your garden now. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello and welcome back. You're listening to America's Web Radio. I am Roger B. and this is Locked and Loaded, where we talk about guns, weapons, and firearms. And just before we left for the break, we were talking about the Antifa, and they were arming themselves. Now, these are the idiots who will attack people with whatever they have. They'll throw rocks, they'll use clubs, they'll use billy sticks, whatever they've got. Now they're going to try and get into guns. And this really scares me because these people have no respect for anybody who doesn't agree with them. And I wonder how far will this go? I mean, I believe the FBI has already classified them as a possible terrorist group. And now that they're trying to accumulate weapons and get real training, this is going to escalate things considerably. Now, I know a lot of you are sitting back going, oh, yeah, they're going to buy pink Nerf guns and they're going to train with them. No, this is actually happening. They are actually signing up for real training classes, purchasing actual weapons, and learning how to use them. I mean, granted, it's not that hard to learn how to use a weapon, basically. Now, getting to an advanced stage takes a lot more time and effort, but these idiots are... They're dedicated to their cause. They will do almost anything to stop the president from getting, you know, his accolades for doing what he's doing. They call him a racist on a daily basis. Even the people in Washington, you know, all the Democrats call him a racist. But the funny thing is all the Democrats who are calling him a racist, they're now finding out are actually pedophiles. So how can you determine... Who's telling the truth? Do you think the pedophile is going to lie more than the racist? I don't know. But, of course, if they looked into the actual facts, Trump has never done anything even the least bit racist. But I'm curious to see where the whole pedophile thing is going to go. But that's a whole other story that doesn't have to do with guns, weapons, or firearms. Uh, you know, when you, when you can't uh, <laughs> compete with a great economy and you can't have, compete with great trade deals, uh, you must be a racist. 
Oh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> when you have the lowest unemployment rates in history for most minorities, oh, you've got to be a racist. <laughs> you must be a racist. You know, Roger, that sounds like a segment just waiting to happen. You, you must, must be a racist. Be a racist. <laughs> You're a racist if. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Morons. But anyway, so be aware. Antifa is training. They're getting weapons. Now, that's something that brings me to, you know, and of course... Now, this has been a couple of years ago. In Las Vegas, there was a big mass shooting there. Many people lost their lives. And, of course, now a family is suing the gun manufacturers for that, for yeah. wrongful deaths. I have a quick question before you get into sure. that. Sure. How can Antifa be Antifa when they're more fascist than – they're about as fascist as you can get? Oh, it's like Hitler's brown shirts reincarnated. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly and, what they and are. And Mussolini's black shirts. Exactly. Uh, and those were two of the biggest fascist regimes in history. Well, Antifa, I, like I was saying earlier, Antifa is anti-FA, anti-First Amendment. Well, that's they're true. they're restricting they free speech <laughs> everywhere they possibly can to push their own agenda and their own speech. That that they are. So they're not really anti anything. They are no. pro-fascist all they, the way. They are huge fascist by the oh my God. very definition of fascism. By what they're doing, they're <laughs> exemplifying the fascist movement. Yep. And exactly, that's how it came to be in Germany. If anybody knew anything about history, they would look at these guys and go, this is exactly what happened in Germany before World War II. This is exactly what happened in Italy before World War II. This is what started World War II. Let's not let it happen again. But people forget. You know what they say. If you don't learn from history and you don't know history, what's history going to do? Repeat itself. Yep. Those who do not learn from history are doomed to repeat it. However, the worst part of that is those who do learn from history are doomed to watch the idiots repeat it because they didn't learn from it. <laughs> That's right. And we're, there are enough reality shows on TV. I don't need to see the idiocy in Washington take us down uh, such an awful – I know. It's like did they learn nothing? <laughs> It's like, oh, my God, it's it's hilarious. Actually, Trump is being, you know, threatened and called names every single day. And you know what? And the people who were support him, they go on supporting him. They go about their lives. They do what they have to do. They roll their eyes. They shrug their shoulders. They move on. There's been, I think she's like an eight-year-old who's been impersonating, uh, what's her name, Alexandria Occasional Cortex. Yeah, <laughs> yep. doing an impression of her. And she says now she's going to have to stop because she's getting death threats. Who on earth threatens an eight-year-old with death threats because he's imitating a politician? People on the left, the brown shirts, the black shirts, the antifas. The so-called tolerant left. Oh, they're not even close to tolerant. They keep trying to spout that off, but you look at their history, they have never been tolerant. And apparently, at the rate they're going, they never will be. Yeah, they're so tolerant. But here, so... Some families decided to sue the gun manufacturers after the shooting in Vegas, saying that they advertised their weapons as being fully, you know, capable of this type of thing and very destructive, and and it was their fault for advertising what they did. And now, if you look at it, I know the bump stocks have never been advertised. I don't think any they've ever done anything like that. But they're targeting Colt and seven other manufacturers, along with gun shops in Nevada and Utah, where I guess the weapons were purchased. Now. It's unfortunate these people don't know that there's a law in place that prevents you from suing gun manufacturers frivolously. You know, because the gun did exactly as it was supposed to do. It worked as it was designed. It did what it was supposed to to do. It shot. Now, if it had malfunctioned, if it had blown up, if it had gone full auto all by itself, then there might be a lawsuit pending because they didn't provide a quality product. Well, you never go full retail. I mean, uh, full lift. lift I mean, you don't full, go full semi-automatic. <laughs> full semi-automatic, and we can't do that. <laughs> now, I just wonder if they're going to follow through with this logic elsewhere. I mean, you see a car speeding down a canyon road, you know, and you say buy this brand or that band brand. It's a great car. Can they sue the car manufacturer if someone's caught speeding in their car? That's ridiculous. Of course, you can't. Well, you can. You can actually sue anybody for anything in this country. There's no limits on that. Whether you win or not, I think most people would see that as frivolous, as they should with this one. It just seems like it's it's terrible that it happened, but you have to hold the person responsible who did it, not whatever tools he used to accomplish it. Just like the bomb builders. You can't hold the inanimate objects responsible for what happened. It was It was the people behind it. You always see people on Facebook putting their guns by the door, 
and they never do anything bad. It's, they just sit there. Nothing there. But, you know, unfortunately, we'll never know what really happened in Vegas because the guy used the gun on himself last, and that was the last thing that he ever did, which is unfortunate because I would have liked to have seen him tortured a little bit. Oh, I mean, punished a little bit more for what he did. There's no excuse for that. Now, but on the good side of things, Delaware had a recent vote on an assault weapons ban. And there and there they are, Delaware's right in the middle of a very huge anti-gun district. You got New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, all these northeastern states which tend to pride themselves on being more anti-gun than than the next state. Instead of supporting Second Amendment rights and supporting the Constitution, they go fully against it. But it seems as if people's idea on gun rights is swinging a little bit more toward the pro-gun side now. It tends to it tends to go back and forth like a pendulum. You know, right after mass shooting, everybody wants gun control everywhere. I personally believe completely in gun control. Of course, my idea of gun control is using both hands. Always use both hands. Whether it's a rifle, a pistol, a shotgun, use both hands. That's the best form of gun control. It also helps you hit your target, which is, again, controlling the gun. But anyway, they came up with this vote, and it seemed like the anti-gunners thought they had this made because most of the politicians in Delaware are Democrat. And most Democrats tend to be anti-gun. Not all of them, but most of them tend to be a little more liberal. Or even the liberal Republicans, they tend to be anti-gun. So they thought they had this lockdown in the bag, and it was going to be ready to go, and they'd get it passed. But apparently, people spoke up. They had rallies. Well, it was more like a picnic. But uh, they had a protest, which everybody sat around and basically said, you know, we have thousands of people who are against this, and we're going to all show up and show you that we're not going to reelect you if you vote for this. And apparently, it was enough to stop them from pushing through this so-called, quote-unquote, assault rifle ban. Which is, oh, I hate even mentioning that term because it's so inaccurate. But it would have banned semi automatic weapons, required a permit to buy and own a gun, and it would have capped all magazines at 15 rounds. Now, this may not be a huge deal for Delaware that they didn't get it passed, but I think it's indicative of the way people are having an outlook. No, they're realizing guns aren't the problem, people are the problem. We've got to stop the wrong people from getting the guns. Like when an illegal alien tries to buy a weapon illegally in this country, I should be alerted. Something should happen. There should be a signal sent up. But no, the Congress voted against alerting ICE if an, Ill- if an illegal was caught trying to buy a weapon. So they obviously don't want to stop the problem because they need the problem to persist in order to push for the gun control. If they actually wanted to stop the criminals, they probably could do a lot more. But, you know, like I say, just the fact that this did not go through gives me a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel to look forward to, to know that maybe things are swinging back the other way and it's getting a little bit better. So that's, that's good to know that. Now, I want to do one thing real quick. I want to talk about uh, what's this, this guy, I can't, uh, Colin Kappernuts or something. I don't know. He's kind of a goofball, and he had an issue with Nike coming out with shoes with the Betsy Ross flag on them. And apparently he thought it was offensive or indicative of slavery, which actually I think Betsy Ross was a Quaker, and they founded the abolition abolition movement to abolish slavery. So basically he was fighting against somebody who was fighting against slavery. So he's completely backwards. And yet he has determined, he has decided that he wants to... uh, engage in religion that still involves in the black slave trade. So I don't know where he gets his information from. Well, he probably doesn't. So, you know, but anyway. So you're wondering, oh, my God, what does this have to do with guns, Roger? I don't understand. Why would you even bring this up? This has to do with shoes, not even hunting shoes. Well, let me tell you, a lot of people came out with things to, I guess, go against Kaepernick's weird opinion of this, and they came out with coffee mugs and T-shirts, and the Betsy Ross flag was basically everywhere it could possibly be. Well, one gun company decided that they were going to go a step beyond this. Because this is a free country, well, relatively so. They decided they were going to manufacture something that had the Betsy Ross flag on it that would just be something that every gun lover would want. So Palmetto State Armory, in all their wisdom has designed 
and is starting to tool up to manufacture AR-15 and AR-10 lower receivers with the Betsy Ross flag on them. And I believe they're going to limit the first production numbers to 1,776. And uh, the serial numbers actually start with 1,776. And then they have, I think, up to uh, 99,000, but they're only going to make 1,776 of the AR-15 lowers. Now, there are two different designs of the AR-15 lowers. One just has the Betsy Ross flag on it, and one has a little different variation. All right, we're going to come back and finish this up in a few minutes, and we're going to go into a breakdown of an AR-15 for field stripping. You're listening to America's Web Radio. This is Locked and Loaded, and I am Roger B. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. Your auto love and investment demands the best, and for 45 years, Passport Transport has been meeting those demands. From manufacturers to the one-car collectors and all other facets of the auto industry and antique auto hobby. The first and the finest with unequaled service and peace of mind. Passport Transport, your auto transportation company. Contact PassportTransport.com with your need today. Passport Transport. to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back, folks. We were just taking a few rain shots while we were going through the commercial breaks, as you probably heard that. Well, I'm going to continue one quick story, and then we're going to get into the uh, field stripping of an AR-15. And before you enthusiasts start rolling your eyes and shrugging your shoulders saying, yeah, Blind Monkey could do that in a blizzard, I'm going to do it anyway because I'm not claiming to be as smart as a Blind Monkey. But anyway, so the Betsy Ross lowers from Palmetto State Armory. They have 1,776 with the Betsy Ross flag on them. Then there's another design that has Betsy Ross sewing the flag and the flag coming out. You'll have to go and look at it. And they have seven, I think they're limiting those to 1,776 also. And there are AR-10 lowers available. Now, last I checked, the one design was sold out. Another design of the AR-15 had still a few available, and the AR-10s were still available. Now, all these are pre-orders. It's going to be a few weeks because they're tooling them up, and they're going to start making them. But that is how a gun manufacturer takes it to Colin, Capper Nuts, and Nike. Say, so, yeah, you can. You don't have to make the Betsy Ross flag. We'll take care of that for you. Because, you know, pride in America is something that Nike apparently doesn't have. Well, considering all their stuff's made overseas anyway, what do they care? Okay, anyway, here we go. We're going to try and do a breakdown. Now, if you're watching on Facebook Live, you can see this. If you can't, I'm sorry, but I'm going to give you as best a description as I can. We're going to take an AR-15 vari- var- variant. This one happens to be a pistol, and we're going to do a field strip on it. Like I say, I know, blind monkey in a snowstorm. Well, here we go. The first thing you want to do when field stripping any weapon is to check to make sure it's clear. So we're going to do that first. You got your charging handle here. We're going to pull that back. And then we're going to lock it into place with the other side with the bolt holder. And we can look inside the chamber. Yes, that appears to be clear. We have nothing in there, nothing in the chamber, no magazine in the magwell. I can see my fingers in there, so there's no, there's nothing in there. So now, in order to field strip, we're going to have to release the bolt. It has to be in the forward position because right now the bolt is back here, and that would keep us from performing the breakdown. So we're going to pull this, let it go. Now we're back in a position where we can field strip. Now, in order to field strip, you want to push the takedown pin in the rear, which is right here, those of you know where it is, you just push on it a little bit. If it's too tight, use the tip of a bullet, the tip of a pen, anything handy. The tip of anything. Well, maybe not anything. But then we're going to pull this pin out 
but not completely out. It should stop. If it was assembled correctly, the pin should stop and be in a, in a pushed out position, as you might be able to see there. I don't know. And then the entire forward of the gun will tip forward. Ta-da! And that's the basic field stripping maneuver here. Now what you want to do is you want to pull out the bolt carrier group, which contains the bolt, the firing pin, the bolt carrier, and I think that's it. Yes. And then we're going to pull the charging handle, just enough to be able to grab hold of the bolt carrier and pull it right out of the back. There. Ta-da! Done. Now, you probably want to take out your charging handle also. Now, this is a little trickier because it fits into a little slot that goes just above the bolt carrier group, and there's tiny little notches that allow it to come out. And if you push down on it as you pull it back, when it gets toward the rear, it should pop down and come right out. Ta-da! And that's all you have to do to, basic, to do a basic field strip on one. Now, here you can see the trigger group is inside here. So if you want to do any modifications or check for cleaning, always clean the inside of the trigger group. It'll make it function a lot better. And now you can look down the barrel, make sure there's no dirt or anything in there. And you want to clean your bolt carrier group really well. You want to clean the charging handle, and you want to clean the inside of the chamber, and you want to clean the inside of the upper receiver where the bolt carrier group runs back and forth. Now, if you want to get really crazy with this or learn how to disassemble one completely, you can push the front pin out. It works the same way as the rear pin. You just push it a little bit from one side. And then you pull it out from the other side. And again, it will not come all the way out. It will stop. And then you can take the entire weapon apart into two pieces. Now, you may wonder, why would I want to do this? The reason why I want to do this is because I can transport it easier. I can swap the top of of the AR-15 onto a different bottom. I can swap a different caliber top onto it. I can change calibers, change barrel lengths, change everything. Now this one, being a pistol, I can put any barrel length on this I want. <clears throat> However, if you have a rifle, you cannot put a pistol, you cannot put a pistol upper onto a rifle lower. That would be making, uh, an NFA weapon which requires tax stamps and $200 fees and all that kind of stuff. So now we're going to go back together. But also, if you wanted to purchase AR-15s in pieces, this would be your lower half, and this is the upper half. What this does is you only pay the 11% excise tax on the lower half. So if you buy it separate, you see how easy it is to put together. You can say, I've never built one before. I don't know how. Well, this is not about building. This is just about assembling for field stripping. So, again, we're going to go to the front first. Mr. B, I, I, I got a question, Mr. Okay. B. Yes, sir. Where's your shaving brush? Huh? Your shaving brush? Uh, I don't know. What do I need to say? Oh, to clean it out with? Oh, yeah, I don't have any cleaning tools here with me. I'm just disassembling. I'm not actually cleaning. This thing is clean as a whistle. So we're going to push the front into the front of the lower receiver like, like so. Ta-da! Push the pin in. Now it pivots again. Now we're back to pivoting to the front. Now here's the tricky part. You want to put the charging handle in, but you have to line up the little notches with the little slots inside the upper receiver. You're going to put it underneath it and push upwards on it until it clicks in. Ta-da! And before you drop it all the way in, you take your bolt carrier group, put it in place, drop it forward, push everything together. should click into place as the bolt actually locks into the the chamber, and then we're going to flip it back, push our pin back together, and we have just field stripped and disassembled an AR-15. Ta-da! Yeah, and I know. A monkey could do it in a blizzard. But still, if you've never seen it done, you can watch it on Facebook Live. You can see me doing this. Hopefully, we won't get into any trouble. But I would think cleaning things would be something good. Everybody wants to clean things. So now that you know how to field strip one, you're probably going, well, wow, that was pretty easy. I could do that. Now, what else would I want to do to my gun? So that's the next thing I want to kind of get into a little bit here. I want to discuss customizing or modifying a gun that you have for carry or for self-defense at home. This is uh, a subject that's been debated a lot because 
there's so many issues that can come up if you start modifying a weapon. The biggest, as far as carry guns and home defense guns, is reliability. You want something that's going to be ultimately reliable beyond any shadow of a doubt. If you have a 99% chance of it firing, that's not enough. You need to know that gun is going to work 99.99999% of the time. And that means you have to fire it a bunch and keep it clean, keep it maintained to make sure it's at its ultimate reliability. And if things start to wear, you got to know that some parts will need to be replaced if you use the weapon a lot. Now, most people with a home defense weapon don't shoot it that often unless it's something they carry all the time or they only own one or two weapons and it's the one they shoot. But you might ask, okay, how reliable should this be? I mean, is there any way to you know, make this better? It should be as reliable as liberals calling for gun control anytime there's a shooting. That's how reliable. Now, some of the mo- modifications can be a little tricky because you got to realize engineers spent years designing and perfecting these these weapons. And what are you going to do to it to make it? Is it going to affect it? Is it going to make it less reliable? Is it going to make it uh, harder to use, easier to use, but less reliable? Now, there are some modifications that can actually make your gun more reliable. That will actually enhance the reliability. Now, before you start with any weapon, of course, check for clear, remove the magazine. Make sure everything is, you know, safe, and even check it two or three times to make sure. If you put it down and walk away, I always come back and check it again because, you know, it's those gremlins that will get you by sliding one round in that chamber when you weren't looking. So the first thing you want to do, you want to field strip and examine all the parts. Now, you may notice on some guns, especially if they're metal to metal, you're going to see machine marks. You're going to see places where it was cut by a, you know, by some sort of machine. And you're going to see these marks. Now, anywhere where metal touches metal, you can smooth that out, especially when it comes to trigger assemblies and things like that. Now, you don't want to use a stone or sandpaper. You don't want to take that much metal off. All you want to do is get a cloth with metal polish, and you want to polish every metal surface that touches another metal surface or anything that could possibly cause a malfunction or cause undue friction where it shouldn't be. So, And you don't want to take too much metal off to where it gets sloppy or loose. You just want to polish things and make them smooth. So I'm not advocating anybody do this if, you, if you're not completely comfortable with disassembling this gun to every last piece and part. And the best thing is there are thousands of gunsmith, gunsmiths out there who can do this for you. There's probably a, not quite as many, but quite a few amateurs who can do this for you. So if you're working on your own carry weapon... And this is the first time you're doing this. I do not recommend you do this on your own carry weapon first. Always let somebody else either who knows better show you what to do. And like I say, you're just talking a little bit of cloth with some metal polish to start with. Any place metal touches metal inside the trigger mechanism or even on a slide, you can take it and just take it down just a little bit and make it smoother. Now, I don't know if any of you have ever gone to a store and looked at, like I said, 1911. These are very common that they have several different levels of 1911s. You can pick up a $500 1911. It will function just fine. It works. The slide goes back and forth. Safeties work. Then you pick up a semi-custom or a custom production gun, an STI or a Brown or a, you know, a Nighthawk Customs, and then you work the slide on one of those. Immediately, you'll feel the difference. Everything on the custom or semi-custom gun is hand-fitted, and the tolerances are, are so much closer. Now, what does this do? This makes your accuracy better. It can also help with reliability. Smoother metal parts run against each other much quicker and with much less friction, much less chance for a jam than, any, than parts that are not polished. So you want to keep everything polished. You want to keep everything smooth. And also, even the, even though this would be ideal with a used gun, even with a new gun, take it apart, clean it thoroughly. Because a lot of times they machine them, they put them together, they throw them in the box. So there's bits of machine metal, there's bits of dirt and everything inside the gun. These are going to make it feel gritty, make it feel rough. And you want to remove all the dirt and everything and put a high-quality lubrication in it to keep it clean and lubed, especially with a new gun. Because you might think that new guns are better, but they're actually usually cut to tighter clearances and they haven't been used yet. So if any problem is going to arise, you wouldn't even know until after you shot it for a while. So be especially wary of new guns. I know it sounds weird, but a used gun, if you know its history or know where it came from, it's more than likely 
been proven reliable, unless it's a safe queen and somebody's had it sitting in the safe for 10 years and never fired it or fired three mags through it and set it away and never shot it again. So be really careful when you're working with new guns. Don't assume they're going to be, you know, reliable 100%. You know, things can happen even in the best of manufacturing. Now, gun manufacturers are some of the best when it comes to quality control. However, there have been recalls, there have been issues that have happened even in gun manufacturing. They are rare, and a lot of times they never manifest themselves, but just the fact that they can happen can promote a recall. So be wary with new guns especially. So you take it apart, you start polishing all your metal with a little metal metal polish and some cloth, and then you want to put it back together and fit it and try it. And you want to do this, it may take dozens of times of taking it apart, polishing a little at a time, putting it back together. And every time you put it back together, you want to remove all the metal polish you possibly can because you don't want any undue wear on it. Now, you can go to YouTube and watch some videos, but again, be very careful. Watch many of them and see. Like I say, I'll tell you, one of the first things I do on any Glock that I own is I give it a 25-cent trigger job. And you may wonder, 25 cents, what's that going to do? You take your cloth, you take your metal polish, you polish the trigger mechanisms, you polish the disconnectors, you polish all the pieces to remove any type of machine marks or any rough patches anywhere that contacts anything. The plunger and the plunger spring. Make sure they're functioning right. Polish the very surface that rides along the, the trigger actuator bar that pushes the plunger up. All right, we're going to come back and talk about more modifications to guns right after these short commercial break. You're listening to America's Web Radio. This is Locked and Loaded. Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is Around Town Movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me and i am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not so fun experience moving call timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience around town movers for that local or cross-country move timothy around town movers in my opinion are the best that's around town movers Call them. 45 years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation. Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. This is Ron Camacho, host of the Business Hour, on Fridays from 10 to 11 a.m. Join me as I talk with passionate professionals on a program that profiles the best businesses, business professionals, business practices, and fascinating individuals to get an insider view of how America works. 10 to 11 a.m. on America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Locked and Loaded. I am Roger B., and you're listening to America's Web Radio. And just a few moments ago, we were discussing modifications to carry weapons and home defense guns. And we said, you know, you can polish up the action a little bit, smooth out some trigger parts, as long as you know how to do a complete disassembly and reassembly, and just try it every time you do a little polishing, put it back together and try everything. And when you go fire at the range, put one or two bullets in the magazine to start with to make sure you haven't affected the function. Like I said, if you haven't done it before, get somebody to help you, watch a ton of videos, or get a professional to do it for you. Either way, but be very careful. Now, here are modifications I'm going to talk about that you should not do to a home defense or carry gun. And these have nothing to do with function either. And a lot of people have these and don't think anything about it. And it's not always going to be an issue, but there's a possibility. And it will get you into trouble with lawyers more than anything else. I'm talking about replacing factory parts with equivalent parts that have some sort of writing or slogans on them. I'm sure you've all seen the AR-15 dust covers that have the uh, one-shot, one-kill, or Velox Mortis, which is Latin for swift death. 
or you might even say smile, wait for flash, you know, things like that. You know, they're they're cute, they're funny. Or, you know, it's it's fun to do some customization, but let me ask you this. Say you have to use your home defense weapon, your AR-15, against intruders. Now, a prosecuting attorney, may they'll take the weapon from you, of course, to examine it, do ballistics, whatever they need to do. They look at it and see, oh, swift death or, you know, kill them all, let God sort them out. He's going to look at this, and the prosecuting attorney is going to go, now, wait a minute. You said you killed this guy in self-defense because he broke into your house, but how do I know you weren't just looking to do this, that you were some gung-ho maniac, just couldn't wait to shoot somebody? You know, we all know that's ridiculous, but you know what? If you get a sympathetic jury who thinks you're some sort of, you know, crazed gun nut, which, you know, most anybody who owns more than three guns is considered a gun nut by liberals anyway. Actually, a lot of them, if you only own one, you're a gun nut. But anyway... Don't go looking for trouble. These are something that you could probably avoid. I mean, I know it's really fun to put some of these things on the guns, and it makes for, you know, to personalize it a little bit, to make it your own. Now, there are probably some things you could put on there that would not cause any trouble. You know, if you wanted to have something like a, something patriotic or a caliber designation to say to determine to distinguish your three hundred blackout from your five for your two two three wild or your five five six have a cover that says that on it, that probably wouldn't be, that would not be problematic, I would not think. But try to avoid the really aggressive slogans on any weapon that is used for home defense or a carry gun. Because this is just giving lawyers fuel to burn you up in a courtroom if there's any discrepancy as to whether or not you should have fired or not. Now we get into other modifications. Now some of these are, you know, you got things such as lights, lasers, optics, aftermarket sights. All of these can make your weapon more effective and will not affect the function of the actual weapon itself, but give you an upper hand in a, let's say, a confrontational situation. Now sights are fairly common. That's one of the first things you change. I remember on most Glock pistols when they came out, they had plastic sights on them, and that was the first thing most people would rip off and replace with at least something metal. Even though the handles were plastic, the sights didn't need to be plastic because they could get banged around pretty easy. And so people put fiber optic sights or night sights or even just bigger, more pronounced sights that were easier to pick up. And most of the gun manufacturers have picked up on this. So now most of them offer upgraded sights on most of their weapons. A lot of them that are used for self-defense or um, handguns that are used even for competition especially have upgraded sights on them. So look for that and realize that if a gun has it already, it's going to save you some time and money in the future. So it might be worth it to pay a little bit more for one that's already got sights that have been upgraded. Then the next thing you want to talk about is optics. Now, optics are fairly new on pistols. We've running them on rifles for probably over 100 years, maybe 200 years. That's some sort of optic where you look through a piece of glass and you see a dot in it and you put the dot on the target and ideally, if the optic is sighted in properly, the gun will shoot where the dot is. Now, of course, you still have to hold it steady. You still have to line it up with your target so it's not magic. It's not going to make you you know, an instantly better shot. And actually, up to a few years ago, the only people who had optics on pistols were competition shooters. These are people who would run out and shoot thousands of rounds in a day, have a fully built pistol built for them specifically, and they'd run these these big glass optics on, on everything. But now the optics are getting smaller. They're getting much more reliable. They're getting more durable. You can bang them around more, and they hold zero. So now you're starting to see a lot more on service weapons and carry weapons, especially with the ad, ad, advent of the Trijicon. They were the first ones to come out with a really durable, long-lasting, small sight optic for a pistol that you could run. Now, you can run these on revolvers also. I say pistol. I, I should be saying handgun because for the, technically a pistol is a semi-automatic and a revolver is a revolver, and they're both handguns. So anyway, the people who have these, it's not magic. It's not going to instantly make you a better shot. But also, there are companies coming out with holsters that hold these optics and keep them protected while they're in a holster, so they actually can be easier to carry. Because prior to just a few years ago, you had, you had to make a holster that would accommodate it or cut it out around the optic to make the gun fit in your existing holster. Now, when you put an optic on, you have to learn how to use it. It's like learning how to shoot all over again. If you have 
a good sight picture, when you draw and don't have to hunt around for it, chances are the optic will make things even easier. But if it takes you a while to hunt for a sight when you draw, the optic is something you'll just have to get used to. Finding the dot, keeping it on target, and learning how to use it. It, it actually makes your draw and acquiring sights easier if you learn how to use it properly. So it, it actually, it, I would say it requires more practice than a standard sight. Because the standard sight is a little more lenient. It's a little more easy to see things when you've got the sight. And then uh, the next thing you may want to consider is a laser. I know, yes, laser. But the laser is unique in that if it's set up properly, can give you a big advantage, even just psychologically. Imagine you're going up against a foe, and all of a sudden a red, green, or blue dot appears on your opponent or on your, your potential foe or assailant. All of a sudden, you've got a if he sees it, you've got a psychological advantage, especially if he doesn't know where it's coming from. And you can just at that point, you make your threat: get out of my house, get out of my backyard, you know, get off my dog, whatever it may be. You tell him go home, get out of here. This isn't your house. Always threaten somebody, give them an option to leave before having to use deadly force, unless of course they shoot at you first. Then it's no holds barred. But now the disadvantage to a laser is, say, you're in a smoky situation or very dusty. If you're outside and there's a lot of pollen or a lot of dust, that laser is going to draw a straight line right back to where you are. So you're basically pointing where you are. Now, if there's not, that dot can appear on somebody or in an area. You catch their attention with it, and you will basically have them if they don't know where you are. Now, of course, you have to be able to see your target to shoot them. The laser might make it a little easier if your night vision is already adjusted. By night vision, I mean just that your eyes are still adjusted to, to the darkness. But again, training with them has to be done. Because you, um, you need to learn to turn the lasers on and off as needed, especially in a situation where it's dusty or smoky and you can be tracked back to you. You want to use it just when you're about to take a shot or... You know you have good cover and you can put it on something. You can paint the target. But this way it prevents you from drawing a line right to yourself and putting yourself in a situation where uh, you're going to become a bigger target or easier to find than if you're in a dark room with a pistol without a laser. Now, the optic in this situation will be very good because it is not affected by the smoke, by the uh, by dusty situations, except it could get on the lens you know, and impair your vision some, but you're not going to be tracking anything back to you with an optic. An optic is all internalized. It uses a laser that focuses on a screen in front of your eyes. Now, one big advantage to the optic is it puts everything in the same focal plane. So if you're like me and you need to break out the reading glasses on occasion, the optic is a perfect way to learn to see the target with an indicator on it. The last thing is a flashlight. This is something that's come much more standard because of LEDs. They're so much smaller now and much more powerful than the previous lights. They are a great advantage to be able to see your target. You can't shoot what you can't see, and you want to make sure you identify your target thoroughly. You don't want to shoot the ex-wife because she came back to get her blender in the afternoon. You know, Make sure the lights are on. Make sure you can see it. But again, you have a flashlight. It could point right back to you, and they're going to shoot at the light. Loaded. This is America's Web Radio, and I am Roger B. Till next time. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.